Welcome to First in Maine, your avenue to living well. I'm Debs here with my amazing co-host, Lauren, to meet you in the busyness of your everyday life, to pass along some of the insights and wisdom we've gained over the years. Don't try to figure out life alone. We want to connect you to some of the incredible, well-rounded people in our world. They're life coaches, counselors, pastors, physicians, just amazing people who can help you along the way. Each episode, we'll be sharing sharing personal stories, practical help, and timeless principles to help you live at your best. So lean in and let's tackle life together. Hey guys, welcome back to First in Maine. We have got another great episode for you today. Um, In our last episode, Deb shared how prayer is first and main in cultivating an environment where kids thrive. And Debs, I just want to go ahead and tell you, thank you for that episode. I don't have kids, but I still gleaned so much wisdom from a lot of the things that you said and a lot of the um, scriptures that you put in that episode. It was really good. Oh, awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. So guys, you guys are in for a, a huge treat today. Uh, because she's going to be passing along some more specific ways you can pray for your kids. And these are ways that the Holy Spirit taught her. So get ready to be equipped with a great prayer strategy for cultivating an environment where your kids will just really thrive. In this episode, I just feel like, Debs, this is going to be a really great faith builder. Yeah, I agree. I'm ready. Let's just, I think we should just go ahead and just get right on in. Let's do it. Let's do it. You know, before we get started, I did have a couple of thoughts, and um, one of the things is I'm just excited to share about this. You know, anytime God teaches us something and we're able to pass it along, when we know the difference that something has made in our life and we can share that with somebody else, like there's just this anticipation in me, just this sense that God is going to do some really incredible things in the lives of the people who listen to this podcast in their children, and their families. And so I get super excited about that. And, you know, I just want to say from the um, start, prayer is a parent's superpower. You know, we all want a superpower. Well, prayer is a superpower. And the kinds of prayers that I'm going to be talking about today, they work, y'all. I mean, they, they really, really work. And I want to start off with a scripture out of Matthew 6, 6. And, you know, Jesus says, when you pray... Go into your room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, y'all, that's a promise. I mean, and what a promise. Like, if you'll go in your room, if you'll close your door, if you'll pray, God's going to hear you, He's going to see it, and He's going to reward you. You know, and I think that it's important to also just say that Regardless of where you are in your parenting journey, you can trust Jesus in the best of times, in the hardest of times. He is not going to fail you. You really can rely on him. I know people have probably disappointed you many times, like church may have failed you, but Jesus will never fail you. He is absolutely trustworthy. So regardless of what's happening in your personal world, Right now, he can change it. And I know this world is like crazy these days, but you know, God is greater. Get your eyes off what's going on in your personal world. Get your eyes off what's going on in this crazy world because God hasn't fallen off the throne. None of this is catching him by surprise. He has a plan. He has all the authority and all the power, and he can do anything. So just like, hang on. Yes. You know, and I really like that scripture too that you just said, because when you go in your room and you do shut the door, you could get on your knees and you really don't have any distractions. There's nothing there in your room at that moment that can really distract you. It's just you and Jesus in that moment. And that is just beautiful in itself. It is. And, you know, doing that on a consistent basis, even if it's for five minutes, just putting that, you know, we calendar all sorts of things <laughs> these days. Like we're people who live by calendars a lot of times in appointments. You know, make an appointment with God. If you can't, you know, do a long bit of time, just start five minutes, like on a daily basis. You'll be amazed at what happens. Yeah. Okay, Deb. So where do we start? Let's just let's just start from the very beginning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How about that? Great question. 
I mean, the bottom line is the best place to begin is in the scripture. You know, I want to read a passage from Isaiah 55. It comes out of verses 8 through 11. And in this passage, God is speaking. And this is what he says. He says, I don't think the way you think. The way you work isn't the way I work. This is God's decree. For as the skies soar high above earth, so the way I work surpasses the way you work. The way I think is beyond the way you think. Just as rain and snow descend from skies and don't go back until they've watered the earth, doing their work of making things grow and blossom, producing seed for farmers and food for the hungry, so will the words that come out of my mouth not come back empty-handed. They'll do the work I sent them to do. They'll complete the assignment I gave them. Okay, I love this passage. You know, and the question is like, okay, like what assignment? Well, you go on down in verse verse 13, it says, you know, no more thistles, but giant sequoias. No more thorn bushes, but stately pines. You know, what is this saying? It's like, this is saying that when God, God's word goes to work, the assignment that it, it has is to produce like something giant, lasting, you know, lasting results. And it even goes on to say, monuments to me, to God, living and lasting evidence of God. You know, I can still remember reading that passage for the first time, and it just put me in my place. And I was kind of like, okay, well, all righty then. The way God works um, surpasses the way I work. Okay, check. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and the way that he makes things grow and blossom and produce is with his word. You know, that has not changed. God is the same today, yesterday, forevermore. The way he works now is the way he works worked then, and it's the way he will continue to work. And that is through his word. So when it comes to cultivating anything in our life, God's word has to be first in main. So what that means is one of the best things to begin praying is scripture over your kids, over your family. And what I love about this is that scripture actually gives us a prayer blueprint. You know, a lot of times people are like, I don't know exactly, you know, I don't know what words to say, and I fumble with my words. I don't, you know, when you have scripture as a blueprint, the words are there. And the awesome thing about it is it's not only, you know, it not only can provide you with a blueprint in terms of what to pray, it, it assures you that you're aligning with what God already desires. And so in 1 John 5, we talked about it last episode, verses 14 and 15, it tells us that we can have great confidence with God when we ask anything according to His will, we can be sure that we'll have those things. So when we have Scripture and use it as a blueprint to pray over our kids, it not only gives us what to pray, but it assures us that we're aligning with what God has already decreed, what He has already willed, what's in His heart. And that's an awesome, I mean, what an awesome benefit. You know, I do think it's important to say that if we're going to pray Scripture and we're going to be like spirit-led in our prayers, then we have to know Scripture. Okay, in, in order to know Scripture, we've got to be in the Word. Right. Right? Now, the challenge is that, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, there's a lot of research out right now in terms of Bible engagement. And the Bible Society just put out some research, I mean, like just a month or so ago. And it said that scripture engagement among moms with children in the home has basically fallen off the cliff. Like at one point, women with children in the home, were they were highly engaged with the Bible. But since COVID, like two years, you know, of coping with that, that basically their engagement has plummeted to like a record low. Like 15% of moms oh, are engaging with the Word of God. Okay, yeah. y'all, that's a problem. Because if we're not in the Word and we're not knowledgeable of the Word, how are we going to be, you know, praying Scripture over our kids? Like, because we don't know it ourselves. So I just, you know, 
this is not a point of like condemnation. That's not what the Lord does, but he does correct us. He, you know, talks to us. He teaches us, you know, so if that's you and you're listening and you're a mom or even a dad, and you just feel like your engagement with the Bible, you've fallen off the cliff, then what I want to say to you is like today, I want you to dust yourself off. I want you to go get your Bible. I want you to dust it off. And I want you to make a commitment to just begin to re-engage with the Word of God. And when you approach it, just approach the Word in faith and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. And as you do, I promise you, you're going to get results. Wow, I cannot believe that has plummeted to 15%, especially since COVID. That is, that's huge. Okay, so we start off in Scripture. So, and you use Scripture to pray over your children. So how exactly do you pray Scripture? Can you give us like it's a, great a little bit of a, yeah. a vision here? Yeah, definitely. Um, first of all, there's lots of different ways that you can do this. Um, I encourage you to try a variety of them. Um, one of the, um, a great way to start is just go through scripture and identify attributes that are revealed in the word. And then you can actually pray those attributes for your child. You can insert their name in Bible verses. Like one that I used to pray for Aaron a lot is um, out of Second Timothy, where it talks about, you know, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power love, and a sound mind. You know, mental health is a huge issue. We've even done episodes on that. But here the Bible says, like, God's not given us, you know, an unsound mind. You know, when we have the Holy Spirit, we can have a sound mind. And so what I would do, that's an attribute. I want Aaron to have that. And so I would just take that verse and say, God, I thank you that you've not given Aaron a spirit of fear, but you've given him a spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind. You can find all sorts of scriptures to do that. So look for attributes that are godly attributes that you want um, uh, for your child to have and pray those. The other thing that you can do is look for declarations and promises that are spoken in the scriptures. You know, for example, one that I think is awesome, it talks about in Philippians in chapter two, verses 13, that it says God works in us both to will and to do his good pleasure. You know, and just just for a little like theology, you know, we don't come to the Lord unless the Lord is like drawing us. He works on us, you know, uh, works on our will and he draws us. So I would always pray and use this promise to pray over Aaron. I would pray, God, I know that you work both to will and to do things for your good pleasure. So work in Aaron, work in his will, cause him to want to follow you, cause him to want to yield to you, to obey you, and help him not only want to do it, but give him the power to do it so that his actions are pleasing to you. So that's a way that you can pray scriptures. And you know, obviously Psalms, the Psalms are filled with so many great passages. Psalms 91, you know, parents, I really encourage you to get into that Psalm, to read that Psalm, and then to take that Psalm and use that as a prayer. You know, I know a lot of parents, they're sending their kids off to school. They're terrified that, you know, things are going to happen. The promises in Psalm 91 are absolutely Amazing. Let me just read a little bit of it to you. It says that he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him I will trust. Surely He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers under His Um, wings, you will take refuge. His truth will be your shield and buckler. You will not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, or of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not 
come near you. And it goes on and it says a lot of things. It talks about, you know, God giving angels charge over you. You can take a psalm like that and, and say, God, I just thank you right now that, that, you know, insert your child's name, that they are hidden under your shadow, under your wings, that you have given guardian angels to protect them, that wherever they go, that you are a shield about them, that you are a hedge of protection about them. And regardless of the destruction that lies waste at noonday, it will not come near them. That's the power of praying scripture because it, this is God's word. The Bible says in Timothy that every scripture is inspired by God. It is breathed by God. So when you align with these things, you're aligning and coming into agreement with really what God desires. I think that even if you don't have children, these are really great takeaways, Debs. I mean, this is something that anybody can pray over any child. Um, if you are serving Absolutely. in like student ministry, these are things that you can pray over the students in student ministry. If you're a teacher and there are students in your classroom, you can pray over your students in, in the classroom. These are things that you can pray for nieces and nephews and you know children in your family. It does not have to be your own child to do these things. Absolutely, 100%. And I believe more than ever, like we need a generation of people who will stand in the gap to intercede for this generation because this generation is in trouble, unquestionably. I think the other thing that you can do in terms of praying scripture is you can ask God to reveal specific verses to you that he wants to accomplish for your child. You know, that's more prophetic in nature, but God will absolutely do that. I would encourage you as he shows you some of those, you know, put them in a book, write them down and just constantly go before the Lord and just say, thank you, Lord, that you said this, that this is um, your heart. This is your desire. And I just pray that your will would be done. You know, Jesus said, you know, our father in you know heaven, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, I know this is your will for my child, my nephew, I've, you know, whatever, and pray those things. So specific ones is um, another thing. And then I think um, I would say you can also pray prayers that are in the Scripture. So the Bible is filled with different prayers. Uh, in the New Testament, you know, Paul would start a lot of letters, you know, praying for the churches and stuff like that. One of the things that I would do is I would take those prayers, insert Aaron's name. So, for example, Ephesians uh, chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, um, I took that and I said, you know, I pray you'll grant Aaron according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with might through your spirit in his inner man, that you, Jesus, would dwell in his heart through faith, that he would be rooted and grounded in love, that he'd be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, the height of your love, that he'll truly know you. He'll know, come to know personally and intimately the love of Christ, which will pass, you know, head knowledge, and that he would be filled with all of your fullness, God. Okay, I got all those words from that passage of Scripture. You know, it goes on to say, you know, that God will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that's at work in us. So turn that around and just say, God, I thank you that you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or think according to the power that not only works within me, but works within Aaron. Be glorified in his life. Be glorified in his generation. And, you know, the great thing is in Mark 11, verses 24, Jesus said, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you've received it and it will be yours. That's um, a pretty good starting place. I would also highly, highly recommend a few books, especially if you're not familiar with praying scriptures or um, maybe you're not, you know, you haven't been in the Word that much. You're not um, really versed in the Word of God. There's lots of books that can help you. I want to give you three that I would highly recommend you get. The first one is a book by Stormy O. Martin, The Power of a Praying Parent. Y'all, this changed my life. You know, in that book, she teaches you on the power of a praying parent. She also has prayers at the end of every chapter over specific things, and all of them 
come out of scripture and it, you know, even put scripture in there, you'll love it. Um, not an expensive book. There's another book by um, Jody Burnt, Praying the Scripture for Your Children, excellent resource. And then Mark Batterson, he wrote a book called Praying Circles Around Your Children. Look, if I were you, I would get all three books. They're amazing. You know, use those. They will help you. It's a great launching pad. Yeah, those sound like great books. I um, I recognize the authors there, and I know that those are great authors. I think another way to really be able to extend your um, prayer power and learn how to pray and go deeper into prayer is also just look for different um, devotionals. Um, reading some devotionals and maybe like reading how other people pray that has that was something that helps me just learn how to pray and go deeper into prayer and then um, in those devotionals when you're reading those prayers they always give you like a scripture to go along with it and to study that scripture and as you're studying that scripture and you're reading that devotion it kind of like launches you into your own prayer um, it, it right. helps set you up and um before you know it, you know, you're like 20, 25 minutes into it and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm praying. I'm really getting into it now. Yeah. <laughs> so you can do that too and just modify it to um, be a prayer for over your children or any child at that point. Absolutely. Okay. So obviously we can pray anywhere, anytime. Um, but I know that you told me that one specific way that the Holy Spirit taught you to pray for Aaron was to physically pray over him. Um, I want you to tell us a little bit about that because it, it is, it's powerful. And I feel like so many people will just really, um, they'll walk away with a huge takeaway from this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, just to kind of preface it, the Bible teaches us that Something significant happens when we lay our hands on someone and pray for them. You know, there are many scriptures that refer to anointing someone with oil. You know, the fact is, when we do this, when we lay hands on people, when we anoint someone with oil, something occurs. There's a spiritual impartation and a blessing that happens. You know, Genesis 48, verses 17 you can read how Jacob laid hands on his children and he pronounced various blessings on them. You know, seriously, I cannot encourage you strongly enough. There is power in imparting parental blessings. I'd encourage every one of you to look into it, to study about that, and then to do that, you know, with your children. Also, you know, throughout Jesus's ministry on earth, we see him over and over again, laying hands on those he ministered to. In fact, in Mark 10, he imparted a blessing specifically on children. You know, Jesus said, look, you know, let the children come to me. Don't hinder them because such, you know, as such um, belongs the kingdom of God. And he took the children into his arms and the Bible says he blessed them, laying his hands on them. So, we can lay hands on our kids, and we can pray over them, and by all means, we can anoint them. Now, we need to do this with like a biblical foundation, understanding that, number one, this is throughout Scripture, that when we do that, there is an impartation that occurs. You know, First Peter um, chapter 2, verses 9, tells us that in Christ, we are now a royal priesthood. Well, what does a priest do? A priest is someone who approaches God on behalf of others, right? You know, oftentimes a priest is in the role of an intercessor. So whenever you pray for others, you are fulfilling a priestly function. But in Leviticus, it says um, uh, the priest poured some of the anointing oil on Aaron's head and anointed him to consecrate him. Isaiah talks about how the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. All right, so biblically, there are a variety of reasons that things were anointed or people were anointed. Primarily, though, it was to set someone apart, to consecrate them, okay, to mark them. So what happens is when we have an understanding of this, you know, 
we can anoint someone and it really is kind of like a prophetic act. By doing that, we're marking them. You know, we're, the oil is an emblem of the Holy Spirit. And so we're dedicating that person to the plans and the purpose of, purposes of God. And we can do that in a parental, with parental authority, but we can also do it as like a priest unto God, as an intercessor. And when we do that, what we're doing is we're actually placing them under the authority and the dominion of God's kingdom. And let me tell you, this is, this is life-changing, and one of the things, as God began to teach me about the authority I had as a parent and the authority that I had as a priest unto God and the you know, power that is in you know, our prayers and with anointing, then I would do this with Aaron, especially while he slept. I mean, he's a little boy. I'm winded. You know? I, you know, to sit there and pray all of these scriptures over him you know, he could tolerate that to a certain extent. But what the Lord taught me to do was to pray for Aaron while he slept. So I would put him to bed, he would fall asleep, and then I would, you know, have my little stash. I would get out the anointing oil and I would begin to lay hands on him and pray for him. I prayed for his protection, for his character, and especially his spirit. I'd anoint his forehead and just mark him and just like pray the peace of God on him. I would speak blessings over him. I would confess, you know, that he had the mind of Christ and that the thoughts that he thought were pure, that they were lovely, they were a good report, they were pleasing to God, and that any time a thought would come in his mind that was not from God, that he would recognize it and he would be able to, you know, just be able to like cast that thing down. I would anoint his eyes and his ears Guys, you know, we can have spiritual eyes and spiritual ears that are opened to the kingdom, to the realm of heaven. And I believe we do that through anointing. And I would anoint his eyes and his ears, and I would say, God, you know, give him godly discernment. Give him a sensitivity to hear your voice and give him the ability to just um, receive conviction from the Holy Spirit. And, you know, God answered those prayers. Another thing, you know, I would anoint, you know, rub anointing oil over his heart. You know, the Bible says that the heart is wicked, right? Desperately wicked. (laughs) You know, that we're rebellious and stubborn. And like a lot of issues happen in the heart. But the Lord says that, you know, through the new covenant, through Jesus, he will put a heart in us to serve him and to obey God, a, a heart that is sensitive to the things of God. And so I would anoint Aaron's heart for protection, to protect him from, you know, a rebellious spirit and ask God to just like give him purity of heart and to, you know, help him to have a humble heart. And, you know, God answered those prayers. And like I mentioned in the last episode, Aaron developed a personal relationship with the Lord early on. He never went through what you know, most refer to as that normal, you know, rebellious stage. We didn't have that. Um, And he did. He withstood uh, so many temptations, not only to party, but to, you know, pornography. Many of it, like so many of his friends were doing all that and even premarital sex. You know, why was it? Was it because I was harping at him all the time? No, I mean, I did teach him the word of God and we read Proverbs, which, you know, speaks, you know, about wisdom and guarding your ways and all of that. But I'll tell you, those battles were won in the night with anointing oil (laughs) while that boy slept, Yeah, you know, and he woke and the spirit just um, was with him because he was dedicated to the plans of God and to the purposes of God. And he received an impartation that came through, you know, the authority that God gives us with that parental blessing and just the impartation of the Holy Spirit. Nothing can compare to that. Yeah. And let me tell you, Debs, Aaron is a great guy. I remember when um, it was right before he went to college. And I think a couple of times when he came back from home from college, um, I cut his hair a few times and he was just always so respectful and he was just kind and he would just 
you know, talk to everyone and anyone. And, um, I mean, you have an amazing son and it definitely shows, but I do remember one time when he was in college, (laughs) you've got to tell this story really quick. Okay. When he was in college, he called you and you got this phone call from him where he told you that he was, um, he wanted to rush for a fraternity and you were like, what? All heck to the negative no. (laughs) You're like, Aaron, you really need to be praying about this. You need to go pray in the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and this is, yes, this is, this is the best story, (laughs) y'all. Because here's the deal is like the Bible says that we train up our children in the way that they should go. When they're older, they're not going to depart from that. You know, the bottom line is our kids, like when they're under our roof, there's lots of things that we can do. When they get outside of our roof, you know, as they grow up and mature, they have to make decisions and we can't, you know, control Mm -hmm. um, all the decisions that they make, nor should we, Mm -hmm. right? But we can, um, we can make a difference, especially when we have spiritual discernment and we know that they're going in a direction that is really not going to be in their best interest. So I don't know for all of you out there listening what your thoughts are on fraternity life and all of that, but you know most of my exposure to it is it is not going to lead you down <laughs> the right path, right? Um, but Aaron, you know, like I said, he did so well. Even you know he was going to college and all that, but he met some people, he had some friends, and he just they got involved in fraternity life and. Aaron just really believed that he could go into fraternity life and he could make a difference, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, man, this is going to suck you in. (laughs) And so um, he really wanted to do it. Now, Bill and I, we definitely, we told him how we felt. We didn't think that it was a wise decision. And we definitely said, look, we don't think that that's something you're supposed to do and we are not paying for it. Right. So if you make the decision to do it, you're going to have to figure that out on your own, which he did. But let me tell you, I started praying. I started praying, and like I spoke in the last episode, we can affect the environments that our kids are in, even if they're not under our roof. And I did. I just, I began praying about that situation and just saying, God, you know, I, he's not hearing what we're saying. I know this is not the best thing for him. And so I'm asking you, God, to move in a way that only you can move. Well, let me tell you. He joined that fraternity. He rushed. And by the end of the year, his fraternity was shut down. He literally calls me. He's like, Mom, we got, you know, charged with like, and it wasn't even like something major. It wasn't like of the fraternities that he could have been in. This was actually not that bad of a fraternity. But the bottom line is like the Lord shut it down. He literally shut the fraternity down. They can't even be on the campus of Georgia Southern for I don't even know how long. So he like got in and like that was it. But he can do those kind of things. And, you know, and the thing that I want to say about that, I'll make sure I'm coming across, is like we have to recognize that the Bible says like to be alert, to be on guard. The devil like lurks around seeking whom he may devour. He always has a tactic and a strategy that is going to try to trip you up, all right, that gets you off track. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as you pray into those things, if you see like you feel like your, you know, your child is being is going in a direction that's probably putting them on a path where you you really believe that the enemy, like there's a tactic, there's a strategy that's there that they can't see. That's the beautiful thing about trusting the Lord with your kids. Like we didn't, you know, hammer him. Like we accepted. We just prayed, and I believe the result which is, you know, that fraternity being shut down, is God's, it's God's protection. Mm -hmm. Like he couldn't see, his heart was right, his motives were right. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, if he continued down that course, we don't know. But it's those prayers that bring protection, that move heaven to earth, and supernatural things happen. You know, Aaron probably, you know, if he listens back to this episode, he probably still thinks that that just happened. Mm-hmm. Like, I know different. Yeah. That didn't just happen. Yeah. I, I have another question, <clears throat> Debs. I agree. Yep. I don't I don't believe that that was just a coincidence that, you know, praying mama over here is praying about all this and then they just get shut down. 
Mm-hmm. You know, there's probably some stuff going on there that needed to be shut down. So absolutely, I totally agree with that. But let me ask you this question. You, you talk about anointing. You talk about um, anointing Aaron. But I know in a previous conversation between you and I, you also mentioned before that you anointed things. Yes. So <clears throat> can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, this is, again, this is another like key. The Holy Spirit taught me about anointing things. And again, the Bible is our foundation, all right? And you go through the Word, and you're going to see, like even in Exodus chapter 40, um, they were instructed to take anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and everything that was in it. Why? It says to consecrate it, even all the furniture, so that it would be holy, you know, set apart. Remember, we talked about the anointing just like this mark, right? So here's the deal. We have been given authority by God over our dwelling space. This is super important. You know, we have dominion over our domain, which means that we can guard our home and our things. I talk about this a lot with the girls that, you know, God, I think Tim O'Moore, he's the one who kind of articulated it and it just stuck with me, is like, we are to be thermostats, not thermometers. You know, what does a thermometer do? It reads an environment. What does a thermostat do? It reads the environment, but then you can set the control and adjust the environment. That's what I did in a sense, you know, talking about um, the situation with um, Aaron's fraternity. But we are we have been given authority by God to have dominion, especially where over where we like dwell, okay? And so the environment of our home is under our jurisdiction, okay? So what that means is when, when you begin to understand that you can pray over the atmosphere of your home, you have authority over the atmosphere of your home, like when chaos breaks out, you can shut those things down. You know, if there's strife and contention, you know, these things, you can pray into those spaces. So one of the things like the Lord began to teach me is to anoint Aaron's room, to anoint my home, to uh, like I anointed the doors, the windows, I mean, his bed, his pillows. Y'all might think I'm crazy, but like I did. It just because that is a mark, an emblem of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And as I would do those things, I prayed, God, I just pray that my home, you know, is protected by you. That, you know, think about the children of Israel when the plague came. God told them to, you know, put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, right? And that as the death plague passed over, if it saw the um, blood of the, the blood of the lamb, that it would not be able to enter those homes. There's some principles here. So I would just pray that, you know, the Bible says we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. We wrestle against powers and principalities, rulers of darkness, spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. There is a spiritual world. And whether you realize it or not, maybe you have a brand new house, maybe you moved into an older home. There are people that have lived there. There, there are very well may be the presence of um, spiritual forces there. So one of the things that happens is when you take ownership of that space, you can walk in and pray for the Holy Spirit to fill every inch of your home. And you can take authority over any type of unclean spirit, any type of you know um, spirit that has been there previously, uh, to cast that out, and then you mark, you know, the boundaries of your home, the um, boundaries of their room, and you, all of this is just—it's an act of faith. It's a mark of just an invitation that those things would be set apart, consecrated, dedicated solely to the presence of the Lord. One of the things the Lord taught me to do was to walk our property, you know, that boundary line. And, you know, I just marked our property as God's. This is God's territory. Only the presence of the Holy Spirit 
is welcome here. I, you know, ask specifically that guardian angels would, you know, be sent to post guard, you know, all across our boundary line so that no evil would, you know, befall us. Nothing would be able to enter our home to harm us. And, you know, I saw God answer those prayers. There was a drive-by shooting. I was just thinking that in my head. I was like, as you're telling me that story, I'm like, yeah, that's true because you had like a bullet go through your window, right? We absolutely did. Yeah. And we could have been standing there. We could have been hit. Yeah. You know, but I believe is those prayers that absolutely protected us. And, you know, I do want to share a story because I don't want, you know, I don't know. For those of you listening, you might this might sound hooky spiritual or whatever, but let me tell you the difference these type of prayers made. When Aaron was in third grade, um, we were in a church, and I had just become the women's minister. I was definitely wanting to you know minister to women, and we had a young single mom in our church who had a son who was just a year older than Aaron, and so me, you know, just wanting to befriend her and everything, I asked if she wanted to allow her son to come in, like spend the weekend with us. Bill just happened to be going out of town. And I thought this would be a great thing to do, give Aaron a lot of fun. And, you know, the boys had been playing together in Sunday school. So weekend comes, little boy comes over to spend the night. And we had a, you know, just a basic, you know, regular day. Well, time came time for bed, put the boys to bed and went downstairs and I was sitting at our dining room table and um, I started hearing a noise. It was just kind of like, it was just weird. It was like, I could hear the bed. It was kind of squeaking. And I was like, what, what, you know, it's going on. And like all of a sudden I got this like really overwhelming, like disturbed, almost sick to my stomach feeling. And I was like, something's not right. And I went to the bottom of the stairs and I called out to Aaron and I could tell in his voice when he answered me, something was off. And so I, you know, was standing at the bottom of the stairs and I'm like, Aaron, I need you to like come to the top of the stairs. I want to talk to you. Long story short, I'm dialoguing with him and I can tell like something's right. Have him come down. And I remember looking at him and I was like, I just knew something was off. And I said to him, you know, babe, like, I can tell something's going on. Like mom's got a, like a really bad feeling. I don't want you to be scared. You know, you're not going to get in any trouble. Like what's going on? And took him into my bedroom and he proceeded to tell me that the little boy that I had invited into our home was trying to touch him in inappropriate ways and was asking him to do some inappropriate things to him. Well, I mean, God you know, I'm not going to go into all the story. God was so gracious in that moment. And I was able to, you know, minister to that child. I ended up, you know, telling him that, you know, we would talk to his mom in the morning and that everything was going to be okay. Took Aaron into my bed, was able to pray with him. And I mean, God's grace was just, it was so amazing. But here's the thing is when that first happened, like, to be honest with you, because I had prayed all of these prayers and, like, you know, broken generational curses and all of this, and then, like, something like that happened in my home. I mean, I was, like, fractured, to be honest. <laughs> and, like, because, it, because of my own trauma, having sexual abuse as a child, like, that was a, it was a big trigger for me. But one of the things that the Lord showed me in time is like we recovered and healed and all this kind of stuff. I had prayed those prayers, prayed that the enemy would not be able to cross the threshold of our home. And what happened is when he did, working through, you know, the weakness of a child who obviously himself had had abuse, when the enemy tried to come into our space, what was dark was exposed. It was brought to the light. And see, all darkness brought to the light loses its power. You know, Aaron didn't suffer as a result of that because, number one, it didn't stay quiet. It didn't remain a secret. They didn't keep in relationships so more abuse could happen. You know, God 100% absolutely answered my prayers. 
And he did that as a result of what I'm talking about, the power that is in our prayers when we pray over our spaces and we invite the Holy Spirit. You know, what if I'd never prayed those prayers? You know, all sorts of things could have happened. I could have never known about that, never got that intuition, never had that, you know, conviction. But because God was present, because God was invited into the spaces of our home, he did exactly what he said. The blood of Jesus protected him. And, you know, Aaron has a testimony out of that. The amazing thing is what was hidden in that boy's life got exposed, and he ended up getting counseling. They both served Jesus. God did an amazing thing in all of our families, and to God be the glory. That's what happens, you know, when we pray these ways. Yeah. And what what I really love, too, is, you know, you invited the Holy Spirit into your home, and you prayed these things. You anointed Aaron. You anointed things in your home. But you also stayed in close relationship with God throughout this whole time, too, so that when something like that happened, you were able to hear from the Holy Spirit. It it, it helped you know, okay, something's not right here without Absolutely. even you knowing anything. And that's just the grace of God. You know, when we're in relationship with Him, He says that He will intercede for us, that He'll help us. He'll come alongside us. I mean, He's for us. He's with us. And He wants to protect us. That's His heart. You know, I will just say that when Aaron went off to college, I did the same thing. I prayed over his dorm. You know, in fact, when we got to college, I told Aaron probably doesn't even know. I don't even think I've ever told him. Um, He'll know once he listens to the podcast. But I told Bill, like, I had a plan before we even went down there. Like, I'm going to anoint this room. Like, the devil is not going (laughs) to get my boy. Yeah. And so I had Bill take him to the store. And he went to the store. I got out the anointing oil. I put on worship music, and I took authority and laid claim over the space where he was going to be living, where he was going to anointed his bed. I was like, "Mm mm-mm, they ain't having sex here. Nope. Yeah. (laughs) You throw that oil all over that. Ain't happening. (laughs) You know, parents can pray scripture over their kids. They can physically pray over them, and they can pray over their homes and their environments where their kids go into and their belongings. So you you started off in scripture, you prayed scripture over Aaron, you anointed him, um, you anointed his things. Is there anything else that you did for him? Yeah, and I, I, I think this one is super important. You know, as I mentioned earlier, you definitely can pray for specific verses to pray over your kids, and that is great. But I really want to encourage you guys to take it a step further and ask for specific you know, promises or, you know, I would say prophetic words for your kids and ask that they not only be given to you, but that they be given to others, that those would, you know, be shared with others and that they can speak those to your children. You know, Jeremiah 33 says, call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Now, in Proverbs, it tells us that we can seek wisdom into, you know, for insight into wise plans that are designed just for us. So what am I saying? I'm saying that before your kids were born, God already determined his purpose for them, all right? He knit them together in your womb or whoever's womb, maybe you adopted Um, so God has a plan and a purpose for your child. You need insight into whatever that plan is because it's a wise plan, right? It's, you know, a plan designed just for them. And you can ask for that. Um, Ask God to give you a glimpse in to who he created them to be and ask him to give you discernment regarding their nature and their temperament and how you can best nurture that. You know, ask for prophetic promises. And when God gives them to you, write them down. You know, pray them over your kids. And here's, you know, a super important aspect to it. You know, speak them to your kids. I remember before Aaron was born, 
asking the Lord about, you know, who God was um, making him to be. And he, we gave him his name because the Lord told me he was going to be a mountaineer, okay? That was a certain quality about his the temperament, his nature. He was going to be an overcomer. He was going to, like, face some obstacles, but he was going to, like, push and, like, keep going. And so those are things that I prayed into, um, you know, you know, into him and like over him. And I think now more than ever, like being able to, to have a glimpse and an understanding of who um, your child's, you know, God-given identity is. I mean, there's such an identity crisis, right, in this generation. And there doesn't have to be. Because the bottom line is God made us, and when we move in the direction of who He designed us to be, there's peace, okay? When we're wrestling against that, there is not any peace. And so when you can identify that and help direct your children in that direction, like there's congruency, there's harmony, there's peace. Like um, they're going to flow with that a lot easier because it's according to their bent, it's according to their nature, it's according to how God's already wired them. And the Bible tells us that we are to, you know, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that we might prophesy. So if you've never received like a prophetic word for your children, what I would say to you is number one, you know, ask God to give you that gift of prophecy. I would encourage you to start setting time aside to just get a piece of paper and a pen and literally sit there and ask God to activate the gift of prophecy and that you really want to hear his heart um, and his plan for your child and sit there and just listen. And whatever comes into your mind, just begin writing. Now, the first time you do this, you may not hear anything. But it's just like the scripture says, ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be opened. God will speak to you. God did this um, for us. He gave us specific words for Aaron that helped us make decisions. He gave us words that um, about his schooling, he gave us words about um, the youth group that he was supposed to be involved in. You know, there are many decisions that I probably would have made differently had we not gotten a prophetic word. I mean, Aaron went to Eagles Landing Christian Academy. Um, you know, there are many things about the school that were great, but there were a lot of things that, like, probably at several times I probably would have pulled him out. <laughs> but the Lord told us that's where he was supposed to be. He also told us that because of... Um, the character that he wanted to develop in Aaron, that he specifically was to be playing football and underneath the leadership of Coach Guess. Now, Aaron um, was small for his age. He practiced his butt off. I mean, he had to go out there and he did not get a lot of playtime. I think a lot of parents may have like, if they weren't guided by like what the Lord was saying, they easily allowed him to quit, easily said no. But we knew that it wasn't about football. We knew that he was something was being developed in, in developed in him that had to do with his character. You see what I'm saying? So when you get these prophetic words, it helps you parent better. It helps you make decisions, and then you're able to share those with your kids. And the other thing is, like I said, you know, not only having those words for yourself, but praying that God would use other people to speak prophetic words to your children. God, this happened many times in Aaron's life. I remember when he was really young, um, um, our pastor, Pastor Roger, God spoke to him, gave a prophetic word. He wrote everything down, gave it to us. We actually took that, shared it with Aaron. We framed it, and it was something that he kept at his bedside, his entire like upbringing. He even took it to college. And you know, every time he looked at that, that was God saying, this is who you are, son. This is who I see you. This is who I've called you to be. And, you know, um, another thing that happened, which was absolutely amazing, is when Aaron got old enough, we wanted to teach him about the power of prayer, the power of, like, fasting and praying. 
And so we did a 21-day fast together, and we went out shopping. We were thrift store shopping, and uh, it was near like like almost the last day of the fast. And we're just like going through the little thrift store, and this kind of unassuming woman walked past Aaron, and like as soon as she walked past him, I saw her kind of just like kind of stop, like she felt something. And she continued down, and then she turned around, and she said, ooh, Oh, son, you're anointed of the Lord. And she came up to him and she said, as I passed you, the Holy Spirit impressed on me. Like you, son, have a pure spirit. And God wants you to know he is so pleased with you. He knows that you have been praying and he wants you to know he has great plans for your future. Man, she began to say things to him that only God knew Everything she spoke to him was so spot on. And the clicker, I mean, the clincher is she looked at him. She said, I want you to know the Lord said that you're going to go to college and you're going to graduate with a master's degree. And that is exactly what happened. But, you know, these words, they, they, that when your kids receive them, like, that's not mama just saying that. He was fasting and praying. God spoke to him. And when those kind of things happen, I mean, it instills something in your children that, number one, it's just, you know, faith in them. It's just irrefutable. It, it, it's a lamp to their feet. And, you know, the Bible talks about, I think it was in Timothy, how Timothy was given a prophecy, and it says, by that prophecy that was spoken over, you, you know, you're enabled to wage a good warfare. When our kids have prophetic words, it equips them to, you know, resist the enemy because they know who they are. They know that God knows them, that he loves them, that he sees them, that he has a future for them. And when they have identity, they don't have to find it in other places. You know, what I also love about your story, Debs, is Not only did you put Aaron in an environment at your own home where the Holy Spirit was around him and um, helping him, but you, even outside of the home, you were putting them in environments where there was Holy Spirit. I mean, churches and having pastors, you know, pray over him and prophesy for him. I mean, I think I also remember um, a story of, um, wasn't he prophesied over about getting married? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So like, yeah. The, I mean, and that was a totally different pastor from the pastor that prophesied over him as a child. So you yeah. always kept him in environments where the Holy Spirit was strong. Yes. And asking the Holy Spirit, you know, Holy Spirit, speak to him. Like you, I understand how powerful the gift of prophecy is. I was saved because someone was operating under the gift of prophecy go into a church, like, you know, and someone having that gift, God speaks to them, calls Bill and I, uh, stops an entire service, calls Bill and I out of the service, and literally reads my mail. You know, when those kind of things happen, there is no question that God is real. Like, that, those kind of things, could, I mean, it just breaks through everything else. You know, and yeah, Pastor Jane in 2017 called Aaron out of a, um, called out, you know, called Aaron out in the middle of a church service. And we had it taped. We typed everything up. It's something Aaron keeps in his phone. He refers back to it. And she did. She told him, she said, this year, you're going to meet your wife. And you don't have to go looking for her. This isn't about striving. She's actually going to appear before you and like, and you're going to know. And that is exactly what happened within the year Aaron met Becca. That same um, day, Jane spoke over him and talked about how God was going to use him, that he had kind of like a Daniel spirit and that God had given him favor and insight and strategies and that People in um, the world um, from different sectors, especially bosses and business people, were going to seek him out 
and ask um, insight and wisdom and that he was going to be given strategies, especially in the financial sector, that were going to really bring a blessing. Well, let me tell you, God spoke that in 2017, and then Aaron did. You know, He graduated with a master's degree and came home, and long story short, ended up in this amazing job that he's got. His boss is he was big Fortune 500 guy, and just, um, I guess it was about two months ago, his boss calls him up just out of the blue. Aaron had been sharing with him like some of the strategies that God had shown him in terms of like the stock market and all this. Gave him $250,000 to begin investing. Here's, here's my point with all of that is without a prophetic word like that, these kind of circum situations can happen, and you might not know, do I do that? Do I not do that? You know, you might ascribe like, oh, look at me. Right. <laughs> you know, but when you have been given a word like that, and then things begin to happen like that, it is a confirmation, number one, that God knows, that God sees, and you know to move in step with those things because God has revealed like that's his plan. And when you align with that, what happens? You grow, you blossom, you produce. I love that. And I definitely, I mean, I I have seen it, just everything that you have said um, today about prayer and praying over Aaron and anointing and the prophecy. I mean, I've seen it unfold firsthand. Like I got to be a part of this little journey and witness all these things. And, you know, just as somebody that gets to witness it, it's amazing just as someone that just gets to see it too. So um, the Holy Spirit works in amazing ways. It not only worked for, you know, your family and for Aaron and helped, but as a witness, it helps me in my faith even and in other people's faith. Yeah, it's it's a domino effect. And um, it's so important for so many different ways. You may be thinking, you know what, I need to start praying over my child, but you don't know in all the other ways that these prayers will blossom in other ways. I mean, it really can and does affect so many other people other than just your child. Yeah. No, thank you for saying that. And, you know, so, um, you know, like I said, we started out like wherever you are on your parenting journey. Like my hope today is that, you know, y- your faith, you know, will be built that there are lots of different ways that you can pray for your kids and prayer works. God will do just what that scripture says, exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond anything that you could even think or imagine. And, you know, again, I state this is not kudos on me as like a mom of the year or anything like this. This is just walking in relationship with the Holy Spirit and saying, Holy Spirit, your ways aren't my ways. Your ways are higher. The way you work surpasses the way I work. And I want to see Aaron grow and blossom. I want him to be this giant sequoia, you know, that doesn't just, you know, get blown over by any like passing um, storm or wind. I don't want thorn bushes for his life. Like, I want to see your blessing. And so teach me. Teach me. You know, and when we humble ourselves like that, and so this didn't happen overnight. This was little by little by little. And I'm just trying to pass along the things that he showed me. It began with, you know, taking me into the scripture and showing me how to, you know, pray those attributes find particular scriptures and reword those scriptures and begin making them into prayers. And then praying, you know, over him physically and anointing him and, you know, believing God, you know, just for God's protection and then anointing those fears and all of those things. And obviously asking God, you know, for the gift of prophecy, understanding how and what a, I mean, and isn't that what it says? It's a gift. And what a gift to have insight into the plans 
that God has for our kids. And when we are able to gain that, then we we ultimately make better decisions because God knows. He sees everything. We get just this itty bitty little glimpse. And I think if you can if you can do those, you are absolutely going to cultivate an environment where your kids are going to thrive. I just, I loved hearing about this today and talking with you about how to cultivate an environment where children thrive. And um, it's, not, it's not only been fun to talk to you about it, but really truly to be able to witness all this too. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening today. I really hope that you were able to really glean a lot of wisdom from today's conversation. You were able to take away some really great Holy Spirit-filled strategies so that you can um, create an area, an atmosphere for your children to thrive in as well. Um, As always, we can't wait to meet you here again at First of Maine, your avenue to living well.